sounds drive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Arena 51 podcast, your home for out-of-this-world sports and news takes. I'm Cole Kerr. I'm Juliano Silva. We appreciate anybody and everybody who listens to the show and supports us, so thank you guys very much, and uh, we hope you enjoy. Yeah, so basically this podcast is going to be us, what we do usually, but we just decided to record it. Yeah, you know, we, we got debates on the couch all the time. You know, we like to go back and forth, always texting, always talking to each other, and uh, we thought... Why not let's uh why not let get it down and uh, record it? Have everyone stream it. Some takes better than others, but yeah, they're gonna learn that real quick. You have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. So let's uh let's hop right into the first segment today. Well, actually, we'll we'll uh we'll showcase what the uh segments we're gonna be doing for you guys today are. So the first one we're gonna go into the MLB trade deadlines. Uh, obviously the lockout just happened, so that's pretty big news too. Then we got our top three favorites in the NFC and AFC. That's I mean, that's that's changing every single day. So we'll see what we got to say about that. Uh, number three, I know no one. And I when I say no one, no one cares about soccer. I don't either. But this was a request from Jules. Uh, Rebs suck. So that's that's the third one. The Rebs blew it. Uh, the fourth one, college football news. we got a lot of talk about with the new seeds, Lincoln Riley. Number five, we got NBA talk, a lot of NBA happening. And then number six is a little surprise for you guys. We got a little surprise segment at the end, maybe even a guest speaker. But with that being said, let's hop in right into our first segment, which is MLB signings. And Jules, who do you think has made the biggest moves, the best moves so far? I mean, it has to be the Rangers. I mean, you signed Marcus Simeon. He was an absolute animal last year. Corey Seager. I mean, and the money just handed out. It was just out out of nowhere. Like, the Rangers? Like, come on. He got rid of Gallo. You thought they were selling Uh, out. I thought you were going to say that. You can keep going. I'm just letting you know you're a casual if you want to keep talking. Why? What is adding Marcus Simeon? Okay, adding Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, John Gray, those are three big signings. They still suck. The Rangers are still terrible. Is that not crazy, though? No, that's crazy. But did they win the offseason? No, they're still... Are they in a little bit better spot? Yeah, maybe they'll finish fourth in the AL West this year. Nice. I'm looking at the Mets. I'm looking at the Mets. The Mets who are going to be able to maybe compete for an NL East championship this year. I mean, we got... Eduardo Escobar on a cheap two-year, $20 million deal. Starling Marte, the best center fielder available in the market. Mark Canna, another solid piece. And then to top it off, everyone knows Max Scherzer, three years, $130 million. Maybe the best pitcher of this generation up there with, you know, Clayton Kershaw and Jacob DeGrom, which is now his new teammate. The Mets are looking scary. They've always been a good team that just for some reason can't figure it out. Injuries. Or can't stay healthy. Yeah, right. It. Injuries. It, they, they can't figure it out. Maybe this is final of the year. They got some they got some stars now. Maybe they can uh, piece something together. Yeah, they definitely need some bats because uh, how do you how does DeGrom have a losing record like that? That's just that just can't happen. I know he, he pitches to a sub two ERA and then he's like one and three on the year or whatever it is. Right. I mean, makes it no just sense. lose bias, though. I know some people don't like him, but I like him. now I know. You probably have a lot to say about the Tigers and that uh, signing of uh, your boy Javier Baez over there. So uh, what, what, did, what did you think about that one? I mean, it's finally to get a star in Detroit. You know, it's been a couple of years. I mean, who's really the last big star besides Miguel Cabrera, obviously. But And they also get Eduardo, the Red Sox guy. So, I mean, he was an ace at one point. He could probably get back to that. He played pretty good last year. So I think there's some good moves for the Tigers. But are they really going to go anywhere? No, but not yet. 
Five years, $77 million to the Tigers. I'll tell you, I was pissed when I saw that deal. Not as a Red Sox fan, I was pissed because why didn't the Red Sox take that? Five years, $77 million for a guy who's been a Red Sox his whole career, a guy who's proven that he can play in Boston, win a championship in Boston. What's five years, $77 million to the Red Sox? Why can't, Why didn't they pick that up? Makes no sense yeah, to that's, me. That's crazy. Instead, you go out and get Michael Walker and James Paxton. Two people who, I mean, Michael Walker's trash. He has not been good for a long time. And James Paxton's coming off of Tommy John's search. He probably won't even pitch until late in the season this year. And then they made the, the Renfro switch, which I don't think anybody was a fan of, to be honest. Hunter Renfro. You're, that's crazy. Hunter Renfro, was he not one of our most consistent bats last year? Until the playoffs. Until the playoffs. But was he not one of our most consistent bats? Oh, I mean, he was electric. Definitely got to plug into the middle of the lineup, yeah. And then you you trade him for Jackie Bradley, who who is going to make more money than Hunter Redfro. And what what he bat? He couldn't bat over. He definitely didn't bat over two hundred. I'll tell you that he didn't. And for what? A guy for more money? What? He's a good defender. Yep. But I don't know. He's the best it, defender the Red Sox have probably seen in my lifetime. First off, Gold Glove caliber caliber center fielder in a on a team that sucked at defense last year, and in a ballpark that you need to have good defenders. I mean, that's a very real very weird ballpark. And one that Jackie Bradley knows very well. And we can't just glimmer over the fact that they got two prospects in that deal, too. I mean, do have I ever heard of those two prospects? Can't say I have. But <laughs> or you can't say you will ever. Yeah, right. I mean, that that is the problem with baseball sometimes. But I think it's uh an, an exciting time. I mean, Hunter Renfro, he that's a career year for Hunter Renfro. Is he gonna be able to do that again? I mean, I don't know. He was awful on the raise in 2020. And granted, 2020 kind of had to wipe all those stats off because you know, everyone kind of had a, a a rough time with that that year, but I don't know. I mean, bringing Jackie Bradley Jr. He's a he's a fan favorite. I'm I'm glad he's back in the Sox uniform. And you have to look at it from Milwaukee's standpoint too. I think that was a decent ad for them. Like everybody's just talking about the Red Sox side, but Milwaukee adding him that could be good. But they lost Escobar though. But he he was never going to stay. But yeah, and they the and they lost Avisil Garcia to the Marlins, and the Marlins. As you know, our dear friend Michael Nocera has, has brought up a couple of times, you know, just because he's a Mets fan, he likes to make it seem like the NL East is actually a competitive division. He keeps saying that the Marlins are making surprising good moves, and I, it's hard for me to deny that. I mean, they get Garcia, four years, 58 mil. They lock up their ace, Alcantara, and then they sign a solid uh, third baseman and utility guy in Joey Wendell. So, yeah, I mean, the Marlins make moves too. I mean, they I mean, signing Sandy was huge because their pitching was actually pretty good last year. It was just the offense that was bad. So they get Sandy back. I mean, they need – and they got rid of what's-his-name. And they have my favorite boy, Jazz Chrislin Jr. That's my boy. At shortstop. That's your boy. Mons you know could be something, but – You know him? Yeah, we're boys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what, what, do you, what, do you think about, uh, what do you think about the Blue Jays? I mean, everyone knows about their offense. Their, their offense led by Vladimir Guerrero. I mean, that – we went to a game, me and you, where they hung up what? Oh, my goodness. What, what did we leave in, like, the sixth inning? It was, like, 16, like, one. Uh, we were, like, can't stay here anymore. So, it's I always mean, been their pitching. That's the problem. And what do they do? Resign Barrios. Get Kevin Gosman, one of the best pitchers in the league last year, for five years, 110 mil. I mean, that Blue Jays team, are they going to win the AL East? I don't know about that. But, yeah, that's all we needed for the division to get a lot better. And the Rays just got a lot better. That division is just a really tough division. And... They just added more pitching. That was their weakness, pitching. And they, I mean, Kevin Gosman, I mean, he was, he kind of like, he fell off towards the end of the year last year for the Giants, but he started that year like one of the looking like the best eight aces in the West. So 
So they add some pitching, but I don't think they're going to win a division. I think the Yankees are taking it next year, to be honest. You did not just say that. Okay, so so you just said the Yankees are going to win that division, right? So what what makes you think that? The fact that they were this two seed in the wild card last year or the fact that they haven't added anyone and all they've done is drop people since the deadline? Which one of those is really interesting to you? Trevor's story is coming. No, he's not. And once you add Trevor's story, you change the whole scene. What about Trevor's story on the, on the Sox? Moves Andrew over to second. Uh, then then it's Red Sox by, by a mile. Run away with that division. So Trevor's story is just a secret to the uh, AL East? I think, I mean. You're that high on Trevor's story? He wasn't going to do anything with the Rockies, but. I mean, I think the Red Sox are literally one star away. If we had one more star in that series, dude, we're going to the World Series. All right. All right. The Yankees, I don't know. And uh, just just as a, a last touching point I, for, for this MLB segment, I do kind of want to bring up the Angels who, yeah, it's not the flashiest ad. It's not the, the craziest ad, but they get Noah Syndergaard, who's proven to be potentially an ace. I mean, if he wasn't behind Jacob DeGrom, he'd probably have been the ace on the Mets a couple of years ago. And then uh, Aaron Loop also for two years, 17 mil. Now, the Angels are a team who have literally had the two greatest players of our generation on their team in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, two perennial MVPs. And I mean, guess, how, guess how many appearances, guess how many games Mike Trout has played in the playoffs? Was it zero? Three. He got swept in the first round. <laughs> yeah, they have no pitching. But if you think about it, they, people consider Mike Trout the GOAT. That's not reasonable to say, right? That's not crazy to say. No, it's not. And last year, were people not comparing Shohei Otani to Babe Ruth? Who's also known as one of the goats? They they were. So I mean, the fact that that team can't even—I mean, they weren't were even close to making the playoffs. The fact that that team can't compete for a playoff spot—it's criminal. Yeah. So are these? You think these are notable ads? Or you think the Angels are still going to suck? I mean, Noah Syndergaard—that's a roll of the dice. If he comes back healthy, obviously that that could be one of the, the best ads of the the offseason. If he comes back to, near one hundred percent. But yeah, and then Aaron Loop—I mean, he's he was a solid bullpen arm, and you can never have too many bullpen arms coming out of a. Coming out of the or sorry, arm barn is is going to be called now. You know, don't want to be, uh, don't want to make the cows upset. That's, that's my bad. But uh, yeah, I think that's enough baseball talk for now. Especially now that we're in a lockout and there's going to be absolutely nothing happening for probably a month and a half, two months. Which baseball just continues to try and stay irrelevant. It's it's unbelievable the measures that they'll go to stay behind the. NBA, especially, NFL. Especially after you get everybody excited with all these moves. Everybody's like, wow, look at this. People were talking about baseball in the offseason, and then they do that. It's it's mid-NFL and mid-NBA And people season. were talking about baseball. And people were talking about baseball, and then they're like, oh, yeah, no, what? let's just ruin this for everybody. Oh, we're getting, that's what the MLB guys said. We're getting too good. We're getting too popular. We got to shut it down. <laughs> it's a joke. Rob, fucking Rob Manfred, dude, let me tell you. All right. So now going into NFL talk a little bit. Our top three NFC and AFC East teams or not AFC East teams, just AFC teams. Jules, uh, I'm very interested to see what you think the top three in the NFC are. And I have a feeling you're going to bring up a team that is severely overrated. So just go ahead. Number one, it just has to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I know people are going to be like, that's the AFC. That's the AFC. No, we'll start with AFC. We'll start with AFC. Go ahead, Chiefs, one. Yep. It has to be the Chiefs. It just has to. You got Patrick Mahomes on your team. I know everybody's going to say they started slow, all that. But it just has to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Are the Patriots playing better? Are the Titans playing better? Are the Rams, Ravens playing better? Yes. But at the end of the day, who has the best quarterback in the AFC? The Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are still number one. Until I've proven wrong. If the Ravens win the division, right now? 
I mean, if the Ravens, if the Ravens finish as a first seed, then we'll talk about it. But second has to be the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> I know I hate Lamar Dude, Jackson. Oh I know I hate Lamar Jackson. But what the defense did to Baker Mayfield and the Browns, I mean, geez. That was that was embarrassing. That was that was actually embarrassing. If Lamar Jackson throw four picks, three to four picks, and still win a, a, a tough division game, how can you not put Ravens tough to? division game? The Browns suck. Oh, the Browns suck. Yeah, they win that. They win that game. They're right back in. And third, third, but they didn't win. It, it's definitely not the Titans. I'll tell you that. It's New England Patriots. The Patriots are been unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, that defense, that Falcons game was a joke. They made Matt Ryan look like. I, they made Matt Ryan look like Nate Peterman. That was a joke. How do you, how do you, they shut out the Falcons away from home? That defense was incredible. And they get a huge win over the Titans. Yes, I know Titans had some chances to score, but they just they just take the ball away. That's what they do. I don't know if you saw, actually. Uh, I saw, saw today. The Pats, for four straight games, have not let up a point in the second half of a football game. I mean, that's just that, that's how, a, win, how that's they a not winning formula. Play. That's a winning formula. Yeah, but you know, you know who you got to give credit to for that? Your boy, Bill Belichick. I, I do have to. I was tough on Bill. Listen, last year was just, it was just so painful last year that I was like, dude, I'm losing it. And obviously, you watch, you've been watching the Patriots your whole life. Obviously, Bray, you think Bray's the GOAT. And once he left, we sucked. I was like, it has to be. It has to be Brady. But Bill is proving me wrong. He got, some, he got most of the players back from COVID. I mean, missing Hightower last year was huge. He's back. Mm-hmm. He's a leader on the team. And they're just, was it, six straight wins right now? Yeah, and then arguably the, one of the biggest games of the season on Monday Night Football. Oh, we'll the biggest game of the season, the biggest game of the season around the NFL. Oh yeah, so, this game to be huge. I originally didn't rank. I just kind of had a top three, but since you went there, I'll go there too. One, you just said it: the New England Patriots. How can it not be? We what? they start off two and four, and then just go on a six-game winning streak. See, that's the thing. It's not about what have you done? It's about what are you doing for me right now? And this team has won six games in a row. That is what they're doing for me right now. And, oh, I don't know if you remember, but they have the greatest coach of all time on their sidelines, the number one defense in the league, and a QB who just won offensive rookie in the month. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with the Pats for number one in the AFC. If they play the that... Chiefs, if they play the Chiefs, I'm picking the Pats. If they, pick, if they play the Bills, they play the Ravens, I'm picking the Pats right now. Second, and do not sleep in that running game. Ramondre Stevenson, that boy's an animal. Harris, Damian y'all Harris. know about him. Brandon Bolden. Brandon JJ Bolden. Taylor, RIP. I think he just got dropped. Um, so that's tough. But we still <laughs> got three running backs. Um, then uh, number two, I think I got the Chiefs as well. Uh, just because the AFC is just fucking terrible. There's nothing else in the AFC. Uh, as you said, I'm not counting out Mahomes in any game. He's maybe had not the best year ever. This offense has been kind of surprisingly stagnant throughout the year, but the talent is still there. Mahomes still probably the best quarterback in the league. And then you got Hill and Kelsey running routes for him. It's going to be hard to stop them if they start rolling. I know they've been rolling a little bit more, but like we haven't really seen like a marquee chiefs game in a while. If they show that, I think they can leapfrog the Pats for number one in the AFC. That's definitely the thing. Your second, your, your second best wide receiver cannot be hard. I know obviously it goes Hill or Kelsey. They're interchangeable one, two. But your third best player cannot be Hardman, dude. He stinks. And they signed Josh Gordon. What about I mean, Clyde? That man even got the ball thrown to him once. It's ridiculous. What about Clyde? Clyde's all right. He's all right. Clyde coming out of the backfield. I mean, I I know what you're saying though. You, you kind of got to if, and this is a big if because it's very hard to stop Kelsey and Hill. But if you can find a way to stop them, it's almost like 
that's the formula to beat them, right? Yep. And then number three, I wanted to go Ravens. You know I back up Lamar Jackson with my life because the hate that he gets is just unbelievable. But I can't. After watching that game, I I can't. I'm sorry. If Lamar Jackson is going to continue throwing four picks and looking that bad, especially with his ability to – or his inability to win big games that he's proven throughout in the playoffs in his career, I can't. I got to go with the Bills. I guess. I mean, the rest of the AFC is a crapshoot. Let's let's be completely honest here. Titans are eight and four, but they've lost two straight and no longer have Derrick Henry, the best running back in the league. Lamar Jackson is the only if weapon. If the Titans had Derrick Henry, they were they were going in my top three. But oh yeah, of course they'd probably be one. If they still had Derrick Henry, but they don't. And the Ravens have nobody but Lamar Jackson. And I just want to say, for the record, I do not trust the Bills. Aiden, if you're listening, I don't I don't I don't trust them. I mean, oh, you, you get guys blown. are so high on Josh Allen, you get MVP. Bl- the fact that how many points do you put against the Jags, the ja- the Jacksonville Jaguars, the, Josh Allen, the the MVP, scored six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That right there, I was like, that's it. I'm I'm done. I'm not, I'm not sold on this guy. I'm not. Yeah. So then you score. So obviously the offense isn't clicking if you only scored six points against the Jaguars. You think, oh, maybe their elite defense can can bring some hope to the team. They give up five fucking touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor. And they get routed at home against oh. a Colts oh, team. Colts, that, dude, a Colts that's team that's surging, but we couldn't. We didn't even mention the Colts, dude. They could low key. They could be up there. Top three? No. I just don't trust. I don't trust Carson Wentz. That's the thing, too. Yeah. All right. So that'll wrap it up for the AFC. But uh, what about the NFC for you? Who wants to go first? Me or you? Uh, you you go. You got it. I'll go. All right. Number one. I mean, this. This has to be everybody's number one. Don't say it. Mr. Goat, Tom Brady, oh my God. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number one. I don't care if they're not number one, they're number one. The fact that this man, that has, the same amount of, this man has the same amount of NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers, and he's been there for one year. You can't, you can't put anybody but Tampa Bay first. But second, I am going to put Mr. Aaron Rodgers. They're definitely second. I mean, Devontae Adams, can you, you can't even guard that dude. They have one wide receiver, and you still can't guard him. You can't guard Devontae Adams. That, he only has one, they're either thrown to him. Or throwing to who? Valdez Scantlin? Give me a break. <laughs> and you still can't you still can't stop him. Lazard. So I th- and obviously going to Lambeau Field. Nobody wants to go there. It's cold. So I, I really Packers have to be second. And then the third team, you're not gonna like this one, Cole. Oh, no. Listen, the Dallas Cowboys are the third best team in the NFC. I know you're the Cardinals, the Cardinals, Cardinals. Give I thought you break. were gonna say Rams. I th- that was the team that, that, that was overrated. I didn't even think the Cowboys were gonna creep the into Rams. your mind. You want to hear something? Yeah, since Odell has joined them and Von Miller, they have, they're they're zero three. The Rams are zero three. Okay, that's so, embarrassing. All right, I, I want to hear your reasoning for picking the Cowboys. The damn Cowboys, dude. What? Dude, the Cowboys. The Cowboys might have the best wide receiving core in the league. I mean, who are you going to guard? CD Lamb is actually CD Lamb. He's such a he's a rising star. This man. You know, you he know what? Number that, one. He's number you, one. In most you know what they did last night? That that. Unbelievable receiving crew. They put up what? They put up 27 points, but one of them was a pick six at the end of the game. They put up that game was 2010 in my book. So they st- that same defense is yeah. nothing to slog about. That oh, Saints that same defense, defense is depleted. All they got is Marshawn Lattimore. Everyone else is injured. Could they, could they stop him? They couldn't stop him. Who? The Cowboys. Who were they guarding? CeeDee Lamb had a game. Michael Gallup had a game. Amari Cooper, he came back from COVID. Is that not the three, uh, one of the greatest uh, wide receiver cores in the league right now? Michael no, Gallup. It, it's probably one. You're right. It has to be. But they have they've just been a sinking ship, dude. They they haven't been they haven't proven anything to me yet. They really haven't. And I was high on the until they went on this skid that they've been on. I was high on the Cowboys too. But 
I don't know, man. I mean, can you really look at a team that is struggling as bad as they are right now and tell me that they're better than the Cardinals? Yes, I think they're better than the Cardinals. Without, do you think defense you, is a liability a, a little bit? That's gonna be that's gonna be a shootout. If that's a playoff game. I would, I would love to see that game. Cardinals versus Cowboys, either at Jerry World or in Arizona. I don't care where it is. I well, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely end in an out, but it'll be a blowout for the Cardinals. Are you serious? What about Tony Pollard? He looked good last night. He that's your second. Night. That's your second running back. Tony Pollard's going for fifty yards. He's their one. He's their one now. Is he Elliott? Get out of here, man's. I mean, man's washed he, up. He just doesn't. He doesn't have the speed like he used to. Ohio mm-hmm. State Zeke was explosive. This man, he looks like he's running with the, a piano on his back. It, it's kind of, it's sad. It's sad, honestly. I know. But that, that's what happens when you give, they give him the ball like his first two years. He do ran the ball like 30 times a game. What do you expect? Yeah, that's true. So, so those uh, are my three. Right. Tampa, Packers, Cowboys. I'm, you're wrong. So one is the Packers. What? Sitting what? at nine and three. They have impressive wins over the Cardinals and Rams. They beat the Cardinals in primetime. Their three losses are against the Saints was that first week abysmal blowout, 38-3. to Jameis, Jameis. I mean, that was, that was embarrassing, but that was the first week. Again, it's what you're doing for me right now. Their second loss, the Chiefs, and they lost by six with Jordan Love starting at QB, 13-7. to The Packers were able to hold the Chiefs to only 13 points without Aaron Rodgers playing. And then they lost to the Vikings, my Vikings, my Kirk Cousins, 34-31 the other weekend. That was a hard-fought game. Always a hard divisional uh, matchup and the Vikings are a fringe team that their talent is better than their record shows. I think a lot of people would agree with that. So Definitely. yeah, the Packers have three wins or three losses that could easily be wins. They got the former MVP on their team. I like where the Packers are sitting. Their defense is really impressing me. And I think they can be anyone in the league right now. Number two, this is tough. I don't know if it's the Cardinals or the Tampa Bay, but I'm going to go with Cardinals because they were the last undefeated team in the NFL. And they have the best record in the NFL right now at 9-2. and two. Only losses are against the Panthers, which was a resurgence game for Cam Newton and a game without Kyler Murray. And Dude, They're 5-0 yeah. and oh on the road. That's nuts. Right? That, that is kind of crazy. Uh, a bad team like that, they're 5-0 and oh on the road. And no, the, the Cardinals, I meant. Oh, the Cardinals are 5-0 and oh on the road. Are they? Yeah, because the only two losses are at home. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Okay. And... They were also without their two best offensive weapons in that game, in DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. They have been without those guys for four games now, and they still only have two losses. Colt McCoy has led a team to a 9-2 and record, and maybe not the whole season, but he's kept them afloat while one of the best QBs in the league has been out. So I think you got to trust. You got to be able to trust that team. If Colt McCoy can keep that team afloat, I think Kyler Murray is going to come back and just light up the league again, and everyone's going to remember why the Cardinals were undefeated. And then hey, three. I just, I just checked the schedule. They do play the Cowboys January second. That's yeah, a blowout. It's a blowout. Cowboys. I was so high on the Cowboys when they were what six and one to start the year, and they've done nothing but disappoint me since. So. And then uh, sitting at three, I wanted to go Rams, but the Rams had a worse record than the Lions in November, which is just the most insane stat I've ever seen. The Lions didn't even have the Lions don't have a win yet this year, and they have a better record. Than the Rams in November. That's after adding Von Miller, Von the Von Miller, defensive player of the year at one point, mm-hmm. and and Odell Beckham, and Odell. Uh, so three, I have Tampa Bay, who obviously has the greatest quarterback of all time. You can never bet against Tom Brady, and 
do I need to say anything else? I mean, he's the GOAT, and they're returning all 22 stars that they had last year. Granted, they've been injured, but it's not playoff time yet. We all know Tom's just got to get to the playoffs, and from there, it's game over. So do I think Tampa Bay has the potential to be the best team in the league? Yeah, I do, but for right now, I have him sitting at three. Is there uh, any other teams you want to touch up on before we get to the uh, shitty revs? All I'm saying is Monday, tune in. The Patriots win the division by beating the Buffalo Bills. I also want to give a quick shout out to Cincinnati, who has just been an absolute loser franchise ever since we've been born. They've done absolutely nothing right, but they look like they got a solid team building right now. I mean, an offense led by Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase. I mean, they got something cooking over there. That's all I'm saying. I I mean, Joe has to be comeback player of the year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Joe Burrow has to be comeback player of the year. You think so? I can't even think of someone else who who would be potentially. Can you? Mm -mm. And uh, I just want to shout out one little quick. Uh, The Washington football team, they won three in a row. They're getting hot. Obviously, the Cowboys won last night, but I'm telling you, do not count on Washington. We got to play them twice. We got to play them twice. All right. um, Enough of that. Enough of that. (laughs) Let's let's go over to the Revs, which I'm going to let you talk about them a little bit because I cannot name a single MLS player besides, what is his name? Boot. Buchanan or something on the Revs. Some, the, Buchanan. Yeah, that, that's the only guy in the league I know. I mean, MLS, no one gives a shit about, rightfully so. It's disgusting to watch. I watched a couple games this year, and they can't connect passes. I think our high school team would be able to go out and, and compete pretty hard. So Cole is saying that because he watched he, – he did – I have to admit, he did watch the worst game I've ever seen in my life where there was a team won with zero shots on net, and they won the game. Shout out, Real Salt Lake. Shout out. Shout out Rehouse Salt Lake. Somehow still in. <laughs> Unbelievable. I cannot believe they won this another game after that. No, they did win. I'll keep it short and sweet. The New England Revolution. The New England Revolution had the most points ever. They broke the record in MLS. They broke the record. And they're at home against New York City. Well, I mean, they, they, had, they had to play a wild card game. But the thing is, the Revs had 23 days since their last game. I mean, what, what, what's the point of coming in first? If you're not going to play for 23 games, obviously you're going to come out flat. And that's exactly what happened. You had, they, had, they just announced the MLS team of the week. I mean, uh, team of the year. And the Revs had four players on the MLS team of the year. And they get knocked out first round at home. I was there. The game went to overtime. Tejan Buchanan, who is going to play in Europe in January. He's probably leaving right now. Scored. I mean, I've been to a Patriots game. I know you're, you're going to laugh at me for this. I've been on a Patriots oh game. I celebrated touchdowns. I know exactly what you're about to say. But this, this was the loudest I've heard you at. I'm serious. People are going to laugh, but you have to look <laughs> up the video. Tejan Buchanan scoring overtime was the loudest I've heard you at. And I've been to, I don't know how many Patriots games, but that right there was the loudest I've ever heard you at. I know it sounds crazy. So they go to penalty kick. Oh, it doesn't sound crazy. It sounds stupid. I'm telling you, you got to see the video. People okay. look up the video. All right. So the game with the penalty kicks. And of course, head, uh, our goalkeeper, Matt Turner who was saving penalty kicks against Mexico. You know, he's a superstar. He could not save one penalty. New York City went five for five. And who missed for us? A dude who scored a hat trick for the Poland national team. This guy's no scrub. He plays with Lewandowski in Poland. He had a, na- a hat trick for the Poland national team. And he missed the penalty kick. He had a hat I trick mean, for the Poland national team he's playing in the MLS. I, that's what I'm saying. And he misses the penalty kick. This, this is the most, the revolutionary curse. There's no reason they should have lost that game. And... I just think it's one of the biggest. It's 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 one of the biggest upsets in this MLS because people are not going to talk about it. But I'm telling you, the Revolution are cursed. I don't even know if I'm going to watch next year because this was the year, most points ever. They lose first round. How would you compare it to the? How would you compare it to the? Uh, 
70, what was it? 76 and no, it was 72 and nine Golden State or whatever it was, or 73 and nine Golden State that lost to LeBron in 2016. Is it that bad of a collapse? Worse? I mean, better? I don't think it's that big of a collapse. I mean, I'd rather be the Warriors. At least they went to the finals. These boys. And I mean, they the lost They lost to, if he's not your GOAT, he's your second best player of all time. So that, that's rightfully so. I mean, the Revs come, the Revs come out here and lose to NYCFC. I didn't they know that was a team until team. like three days ago. They, they did have the MVP on this team, but still, we should have killed them. Four, four of the best players in the league on your team, and you can't win. So, that's all I got to say. So you've been to Patriots games where Tom Brady throws to Gronk, throws to Moss, throws to Welker, throws to maybe Deion Branch back in the day, maybe a little... Uh, all right, maybe, you know, maybe I went a little crazy, but I'm telling you, that stadium erupted. E- you got you to see the video to believe it. Oh, that I've stadium seen the video. was so loud. You saw the video? Yeah, I saw, I saw an entire top row or top section of the stadium empty. So there's yes, absolutely yes, no way. I do, I do realize that. But the sound that we made when they scored overtime, I mean, listen. It was, was probably ready, just was you screaming leave, like a girl and you couldn't hear anybody else around you. I was ready to leave. It, it was down 2-1. And, it, you know, an extra time. When somebody scores an extra time, it's usually over in soccer. Oh, yeah. People yeah. Would just parked the bus. I was like, this fuck, game's over. But then at, across one-time volley, the kid from Canada, what a goal. The place blew up. And they fucking blew it in pancakes. But you know what? It was a good season, but that was just the biggest choke of all time. I'm going to believe you that the Rebs are cursed only because if we compare this right to the Red Sox, right? So the Red Sox obviously had one of the most notorious curses of all time before they won in 2004. But like you said, I think the thing that makes the Rebs cursed is that they gave you that hope, right? They're they're losing in the 117th minute and they come back and tie it up. I mean... Right then, you're thinking there's no way we can lose. There's no DKs, way we can lose right? this game. Just like I think in the red, the Red Sox when they lost to the Mets in, I think it was '86. They have they have Game Six on lock. Ball goes through uh, Buck, Buckner's uh, legs, and the rest is history. Mets win the World Series. That was kind of the the pivotal moment in the curse for the Red Sox, and I think this is the pivotal moment for the curse of the Revs. We'll see when they break it. To be honest, I don't give a shit when they break it because I won't be watching. You go with the Revs. Yep, we're good with them. All right. Let's go to some uh, college football news where my Oklahoma Sooners lost a beloved coach, Lincoln Riley. And can I be mad at this man? Yes, I can be mad at him because he's been around this program. He is the one who has been delivering three playoff berths in the past four years. He's been QBU, coaching Baker Mayfield, coaching Jalen Hurts, coaching Kyler Murray. But can I also be mad at the contract? I, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I leave too. Did you see that contract that he got? Yeah, that was crazy. $110 million. They're buying two houses for him in Southern California. And he can use a private jet, him and his family and whoever else he wants, whenever he wants 24-7. I mean, am I taking Southern California living like that or Oklahoma living where he I'll seems to like not be able to get it done? He will not have better fans at USC. I'll tell you that. Why? Oklahoma fans are crazy. And they're everywhere. And they're loud. And you can't even compare football in California to football in Oklahoma. You yes, can. you can. When's the last time USC's been good? I mean, this year? What did do this year? USC has been trash. You speak good. But when they're good, they're, their program is elite. They're up there with the LSUs of this world. When they're good. The only reason when why they- you say that is because they haven't been good and they deserve to be good. 
The last time I remember they were good was actually when Reggie Bush played for them. That's the last time I thought they were good. They were pretty when good. When was the last uh, time USC's been good? They were pretty good when Matt Barkley was uh, their quarterback back in the early 2010s. But they, that was even kind of a disappointing season, too. And then Matt Barkley went on to be an absolute nobody in the NFL. I don't even know if he's still there. If he is a backup quarterback, probably third string somewhere. So, yeah. And he's um, also – isn't he taking players with him or something like that, too? Who, Lincoln? Yeah. He's not taking players with him, but people are decommitting and then recommitting to USC. So that's happened with a quarterback that was committed to Oklahoma, a running back. Uh, there's been a lot of people on our team already, Oklahoma's team who played already for Lincoln Riley and who are transferring. Have they announced where they're transferring? Not all of them, but a lot of them are perceived to be going to USC. I guess Lincoln Riley's got some magical touch that makes people want to just be around him. He's got to be some football wizard if all these people are dropping out and, and go. You don't see that happen with Notre Dame and Brian Kelly. Yeah, so what do you think? where do you think Oklahoma goes from here? I mean, they're entering the SEC, too, in a couple of years. That's going to be – I mean – they lose it, – it all depends on what coach they get back. You know, if they can get a Brent Venables, if they can get a Lane Kiffin, a Bob Stoops, maybe maybe they can revive that program. If they just, like, call up some cornerbacks coach that's there right now and try and build him into some great coach, I, going to the SEC, I don't know if they're going to be able to hang with the Alabamas and the Auburns and the LSUs of this world. I'm going to throw a name out there. That sounds crazy, but it could happen. What, what if Urban Meyer at the end of the year says, I'm done with the NFL? Would you like him at Oklahoma? No. No? No to Urban Meyer, huh? I don't know, man. I was never a big Urban Meyer fan. Yeah, he's proven he can be really good in college. But, I mean, I'm just going to always think of that scandal that he's had, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the multiple scandals. He's got, he's got like two now, this guy. Oh, I mean, that, that video is just – that picture is – it's like, what are you doing, my guy? I mean – He's dancing with like some twenty-year-old at a bar or something. He's like a white. No, he has a white family. Zero wins, which makes even. I yes, he has his freedom. He's a coach, but it, it comes with the job. You get paid millions, and just you haven't won a game at that point. You just it, it just can't. Happen. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to go anywhere either. I think he's going to try and stay. What about you? Hey, with Trevor. You think so? Yeah. Well, I hope Trevor picks it up. I want. I want to see Trevor being a bust. To be honest. Speaking of Notre Dame, by the way, Brian Kelly in the middle of a playoff berth leaves Notre Dame and goes to LSU. And there's two hilarious clips that go along with this coaching move. First, he had a meeting with his former players at Notre Dame. And apparently, I don't know how the video got leaked. I think it was a player on Notre Dame who recorded it and leaked it to the media or something. His meeting with his goodbye speech to his players was four minutes and 28 seconds long. And then, so that that's one funny clip, right? You, you think a coach has given him? You think a, you think a coach has given this much time to the program would, I don't know, have more of a heartfelt speech? I mean, he's been there for over a decade, so whatever. That that, that that's his choice. It, it's less than five minutes. The next funny video, which I think is even better, I don't know if you saw this. He lands in LSU and gives an introductory speech at their basketball stadium to all the fans, all the students at LSU. And this man, an Irish man from Boston, just oh, all of a sudden accent. has a Southern accent. Did you say the way, did you, did you hear the way he said family? Yeah, that was ridiculous. Dude, I mean, I get yeah, you're trying to fit in, but come on. I mean, you don't got to like talk like them yet. We know that's artificial. It makes you look even worse. I mean, the fact that he's still coaching their game while he's doing this is just, it's laughable. It really is. 
So if, well, he's not coaching Notre Dame now. Notre Dame has a he's different not? coach now. No, he's an LSU now. He's officially gone. Now that's the best part is that Notre Dame can still potentially, they're a six seed right now. They can still potentially with some madness this weekend, get into the playoffs. Now imagine Notre Dame gets into the playoffs yeah, and wins the national championship. Without does, does he demand a ring? No, he can't get a ring. No, he'll probably he'll want one, but you actually cannot give him a ring. Imagine he leaves Notre Dame because he feels like he can't win a national championship there, and the team that he leaves and abandons wins one like four month, four weeks later. I'll tell you what, the Notre Dame football team is motivated. I'll tell you that they're I mean, not going to go down easy after this. They, they, they got to get in. They first. did that. That would be the biggest. That'd be the biggest boot in the ass ever. Actually, would be in sports history. That'd be so funny. That'd be hilarious. As someone who doesn't have a favorite college football team, Jules, I think you should be rooting for Notre Dame right now. I think yeah, that that's I want to see that. that that would just be hilarious. But I'd also want to see Cincinnati. That'd be crazy too. Yeah. So actually, that, that's a good transition into the top four. So the top four, we got Georgia at one, obviously, Michigan at two, Alabama at three, Cincinnati at four. Jules, you got any? Uh, you got any? Something you want to say about these? How, how do you feel about that? I got zero complaints about this. I think Michigan deserves that spot. They dominated Ohio State, dominated them. Now, obviously, Georgia won. Nobody's going to talk about Georgia. Alabama, you got to be in there. Cincinnati, I mean, undefeated. You have to put them in there. But yeah, uh, I mean, people are talking about Oklahoma State, but I don't know. What do you think? I think I. My personal top four was Georgia, Michigan, and then I had Cincinnati at three and Alabama at four. Now, I'm not mad Alabama didn't move from the three spot because they were there the week before, and then they won in the Iron Bowl against Auburn. So it's hard to move them out of that three spot. But they, it took them four overtimes to beat a six and six Auburn team and three and five in the SEC. It took four overtimes. They won by two. That's very concerning. I know the Iron Bowl is always intense, always. Always oh, a tight game, but you got to play better than that to be a three seed in the in in the playoffs. So I'd put Cincinnati at three. Uh, they're a great story. All they've done is beat every single person that's in front of them. And if they beat a ranked Houston team in the AAC championship, I mean, you got to put them in. And I think they have fate in their own hand. If if they lose, that's going to be that would be brutal. That would be abs- I actually feel so bad if they lose to Houston. Now it, it reminds you of UCF. It really does. That's one thing. UCF, two years in a row undefeated. That's why. That's why the college playoff. It's kind of. It doesn't make any sense. I know that there's a difference in conferences, obviously, in talent. But if you go undefeated two years in a row, shouldn't you have a shot? You should have a shot. No. No, you should have no shot. If you go undefeated, UCF two didn't years in deserve a row. to be in the playoffs both those years. But Cincinnati does. Yeah, because Cincinnati play has been playing ranked teams, and they have a much difficult schedule than UCF ever had. And UCF, if if Notre Dame was getting blown out by Alabama as the four one seed, imagine what Alabama would have done to UCF. That game wouldn't even be fun to watch. They lose money. The NCAA running that game. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then I guess the only other point I kind of want to touch up on here is: would it not be the most Jim Harbaugh thing of all time to beat Ohio State last weekend in a rivalry match, get the number two spot, and then just lose the Big Ten championship to Iowa this weekend? A pretty not great football team. That'd be horrendous. And they wouldn't make the playoff after that, right? No, no they wouldn't. And I think, I mean, Jim Harbaugh has proven every single year that he's going to choke at some point, And that choke has not happened yet. And I think it's bound to. I mean, I guess it sort of happened with Michigan State. 
but maybe he maybe he proves me wrong. I, I'm he really finally beat Ohio State. That was the curse right there. The fact that he he never beat Ohio State. They haven't beat him since 2011, and that was like that was one of the big that was the biggest game of the year for Michigan. Basically, it was a hundred thousand people at Ann Arbor, and he got the job done. Jules, I can see it in the stars though. I know you can see it too. He finally beats Ohio State. They're on the verge of their first playoff berth, and they lose to Iowa in the Big Ten championship. I know you can see it. I know you can see I can it. See it. I get, this this going to be a crazy weekend. It's going to be a fun football. weekend to watch for sure. And actually, uh, the Pac-12 championship, which no one cares about and does not matter, starts in about an hour. We're recording this on Friday. It's about 7 o'clock right now. So I think eight, I think it's a 7.30 or 8 o'clock start for that game. So, yeah, that game will be on pretty soon after this. Um, but anyways, let's get to something you know or you think you know a lot about, which is the NBA. Um, the Celtics underperforming per usual what's new what do you think about that i mean who's it's, it on? it's the same story every year I who's mean, it on we try to change coaches we got rid of brad stevens he goes upstairs but this it's just the same story how, how how much can we deal with this as Celtics fans? it's the same thing every year we always struggle and then what do you know we get knocked down the playoffs it happens every year and is it ever going to change like is this the celtics mediocrity for the rest when's when's the last time we actually had a chance when Jason Tatum's rookie year, right? You dunk on LeBron, you take him to seven, you get the home game at the Garden, and you blow it. And ever since then, what, what have we got? Well, the bubble, the, everybody. Yeah, right. the bubble's like the back of my mind. I'm yeah, serious. I don't. Really that's count fair. I, I don't count that either. Our I last really conference championship was when Tatum dunked on LeBron. I count. I say that too. Yep. And ever since then, it's been mediocrity. It's the same thing every year. We need a center. We got Horford back, but I mean, come on, is Horford going to take us to it? Hey, we got freedom. Slam? We got freedom. We got freedom. Yeah, that's all we need. More, 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 more problems. That's all we need. And it's freedom now. And I mean, have, have our draft picks been that good? No, no, we're not Where's drafting Pritchard? right. Have I seen Pritchard, Pritchard? out there? He's just like chicken with his head cut off right, right now. And what's his name? I'm forgetting his name right now. The three point shooter, the best oh, uh, shooter in the draft. Oh, the, the kid out of Vandy. Yes. Name. What the fuck's his name? Yo, Mike. <laughs> who's the kid? At, who's the kid? I uh, was drafted. The shooter, three point shooter. He's useless. I'll look it up. It's not Langford. No, not Luke, this guy said Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard? Yeah, because he's been a Celtic. <laughs> wow, this is going to actually make me so pissed. But yeah, so what do you think? What do you think the next move is then? Do you got to blow it up? You think we got to blow it up? I mean, what do you do? Do you blow it up? You want to see one of the Jays move? Aaron Nate Smith. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, he's so bad. The draft pick has been so bad we didn't even yeah, remember. Yeah, the fact his name. that we can't even remember his name when he was promised the best three point shooter in the draft. The fact that we, I forget his name is sad. Chalk and you know what's sad? I still have to watch Marcus Smart play for the ball. <laughs> you know what Marcus Smart I mean, I mean, yes, I hear this all the time. The defense, he's a leader. Blah, blah, blah. What has that gotten us? What has that gotten us? All I see is him getting the ball in the fourth quarter, checking out bricks. When he has the ball in the fourth quarter, I want to turn the TV off. Seriously. Get the ball at Marcus Mark's hand in the fourth quarter. If the ball is not in Jalen Brown's hands or Jason Tatum's hands, what are we doing? Well, it's funny you say that because I was watching the Celtics 76ers game last night and the final possession of the game, there's 30 seconds left. We're up by one. So we kill clock, right? You got to get it down to like five seconds left on the, on the game clock. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are standing in the corner, did not touch the ball. Do you, do you know who touched the ball? They brought, it up with, they brought it up with Marcus Smart. He held on to the ball for 12, 14 seconds, passed it to Dennis Schroeder, and they did ISO. What is yeah, that's that? What, that's what you want. The guy who, who uh, 
who didn't get a 70, who got the veteran minimum. We really want him with the ball in our hand. We have Mr. Tatum, who's got, who just signed like one of the biggest Celtics contracts or ever. How, why is he not the ball in his hand? Him or Jalen Brown? So is it, is it still a coaching problem? Is it a role player problem? Is it a J problem? Do we got to blow up that's, one of the that's, J's? That's the thing. You really can't put, what do you put, a, who do you blame? You already fired a coach. You got a new coach. I mean, there's only one thing you have to do left. You really have to blow it up. Did Kyrie everybody. curse us? When he stepped on that leprechaun, did he curse us? I mean, that was that was bad. He could have cursed us. He really right. could have. Anyways, we brought up Tatum, Duncan on the King, LeBron James. Speaking of LeBron, this man has got a, an immune system. Le COVID James. He's either got an immune system like Jesus Christ, or he's got Adam Silver wrapped around his finger like a fucking puppet because this dude tests positive for COVID and is set free, what, three or four days later? Maybe not even? To play the Clippers, of course. Yeah, LA a, big, a big money game. Yep, Friday night. Tonight, it's tonight, right? Oh, shit. Yep. But it, it was fishy, though. Like, have, have you heard of any uh, false positive case in the NBA this year? I haven't heard of one. I have you heard of one? And, and of course, the GOAT has the one false positive <laughs> test. LeBron James, what are the odds of that? That is... That is the fishiest thing I've ever seen. How are you not, not more people not talking about this? This man has a false positive test. LeBron, of course, LeBron, the one player that you wouldn't want to have a false positive for the biggest game. I mean, it's, it's fishy. Jackson, I hope you're listening because I tried to defend this man, LeBron, throughout his career. It's, I mean, this man, this man is continuously the most hated on player in all of sports simply because of his greatness. I know people like to talk about how he can be kind of a bitch sometimes and how he runs his mouth on social media and how he can be kind of a crybaby sometimes. I don't really care about that. Forehead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that was, he, he deserved, some people say, oh, he didn't mean to do that. Come on, come on. He looked at him and he hit him. Exactly. That, that, that's what, exactly where I was getting at. I've tried to defend not a dirty this player, man. But that was a dirty play. You cannot say that was not a dirty play. He's I've not a dirty de- player. I admit LeBron's not a dirty player, but that was a dirty play. I've tried to defend him. And this year, what has he done? He's elbowed a 20-year-old he's kid been in off the face. The this year. He's elbowed he's a 20-year-old been... year kid in the face. He's asked two, like, teenagers to leave courtside. Do you oh, remember that? that? Did you see that? that he point, he he's, points he's out two off. kids to the ref and is like, can you have them leave? I don't know what, what the reasoning was, but, I mean, are you that soft? Have, have you, know you ever seen Reggie Miller and Spike Lee, the, 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 Facts. the famous back-and-forth banter that they used to have, and you're kicking out two 20-year-old kids? At a Lakers or the Dallas and the Palace, Meta World Peace went up there and punched a dude in the face. So you're over there gonna kick somebody out for getting chirped? Come on, LeBron. Come on. I mean, so do you think that's it's Russell? It's Russell. You think Blame I was about Russell. to say? You Westbrook, think LeBron? Westbrook, you think Westbrook. LeBron's the problem for the Lakers? Or why are they? I mean, they're they've been just as disappointing as the Celtics this year. They really have. What, what is the problem though? Well, AD AD is either the second coming of Hakeem Olajuwon one night, or he's like Brook Lopez at night. The dude's so inconsistent. But when he's on. He, he could be a defensive player of the year and MVP at the same time. But he, he's just – he is inconsistent. That's my guy. I like AD. But sometimes he's just too inconsistent. You just and love we all know Westbrook. guys. You, you love Tatum and you love AD. Yeah, so I may say. But Westbrook – is Westbrook the problem? Yeah. I don't think Westbrook's the problem either. I think I think they'd be well, – they, Westbrook has won them some – yes, he's, he's played bad, but he's won them some games this year where they would not win if they didn't have him. Especially Jules, when LeBron was Jules, out. Jules, I, I know you've seen that video of Russell Westbrook backing down that guy on the elbow, loses his I, dribble, I even, starts, I even starts slapping the ball on the ground like, trying to get his dribble I could not back defend up. this one, Westbrook. That, that actually looked like 
That was worse than like high school ball, dude. Like, I, that was like middle school. I haven't seen, I haven't seen that since I was playing CYO when I was eight. Yeah, that was bad. That one I cannot defend. And then he but then lately, he picks the ball up when he finds out he can't get his dribble back and chucks up fades away. an air ball fade away. Oh my god. That was bad. So if it's not the Celtics, it's not the Lakers. Who's the best team in the NBA? And why is it the surging Phoenix Suns who haven't lost a game in a month? It is not the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> the best team in the league. Golden State Warriors. I hate to say it because I can't stand them, but it's the Golden State Warriors. Oh my god. And they're gonna prove it tonight. Yeah? Did they prove Especially it against the Suns? Did, did they prove it against the Suns two nights ago? Nope. The Suns no, have been on a crazy run. Listen, the Suns oh last year was the Suns' year. No LeBron. Why? No Curry. Why can't it be this year? Because it can't be this year. Why? There's no way they go to the finals game. Why? If the Phoenix Suns go what to the finals game. are they, 19-3? and three? They haven't lost a game. In, they haven't lost a game. They didn't lose a game in November. It's December now. I think it's, what, 18 straight? I think they just beat the franchise I mean, record. It's 18 again? straight now. If Chris Paul goes to the finals back-to-back, he is the best point guard of all time. I will say. Best point guard of all time? If Chris Paul wins a final, that's all he needs. Oh that's God. all he needs. This is. Did I just reach heaven? This, this is my favorite day I, ever. I hate on him. Are but you kidding me? You just that, admitted that's that. How, that's how. This is on the record. No this is on the record. Going back this, isn't, this isn't going anywhere. This is on the I record. Just, I just. If he goes to the final again, I mean, that, if he that's goes how or if he wins. I am. He's not if going he goes to the or final. if he wins. If he goes he's again, he's the goat. He's got to win it. He's got to win it. Yeah, that was that was heartbreaking last year. That was his chance. I mean, so, they so why is Golden State right? Why is Golden State the best team? I mean, they have, I think, the same record. If not, I think maybe one less win than the Suns. Is it because Steph? Well, it's Steph, and they're doing this without Clay. People forget how we haven't seen him in two years, yes. If Clay is 80% of the player he is, the Golden State Warriors run away with a championship. Run away with a championship. That's the I, thing. I, I don't know if you saw. Uh, the Warriors also had the greatest G League roster of all time a couple nights ago. When they started uh, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman in the G League to get a little uh, to get a little rehab game back, imagine that's being... another thing they're doing without they're doing without Wiseman, who's been out for I think the whole year. Uh, Wiggins played in the beginning, but he's been out lately, and Clay hasn't played in two years. But if they get that lineup, would it go Clay? It go Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman. I mean, who's beating that? The Suns. That's insane. Especially Clay's like Clay has to be eighty percent of the player he is. If he's fifty, they might struggle. But if he's if he's eighty, they win the whole thing. All right. I mean, I still think it's the Phoenix Suns, but say what you will. I mean, I guess once again the East has no love. You can maybe throw in Giannis and the Bucks. I mean, uh, really, you can't count them out. Can't count them out. I'm not throwing the Heat in there. I'll tell you that. You're not throwing the Heat in. Who, who's the number one? Are you throwing in Washington? <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. I'm just kidding. All right. All right, I think we've uh, beaten a little uh, the, the dead horse here a little bit in the NBA. So uh, why don't we move on to the last segment, the surprise segment? Just for the record, guys, every single episode we're going to be doing this uh, segment. It is the conspiracy theory debacle. We will tackle a different conspiracy conspiracy theory every single week. And for the first episode, we decided to do the infamous "Who Killed JFK." Now. A roommate of mine, Mr. David Gardner, a.k.a. Dibs, is very uh, knowledgeable for whatever reason on this topic. Um, he, has, he has shared to me his two-shooter theory many times before. 
And I can't say he maybe hasn't convinced me. So we'll, uh, we'll see if he can convince all you guys to. Sounds straight. Trying to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphone. Sounds straight. Yeah. All right, Dibs. So uh, thank you for joining us. I know you're a little bit of an expert here on uh, who you think killed JFK. So enlighten our listeners. You know, let's let's hear the two shooter theory. Yes, sir, Dibs. Yeah. So for people that don't know, this is a big conspiracy with the John F. Kennedy assassination. It is possible that more than one shooter killed the president, John F. Kennedy. Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested mm-hmm. about 70 minutes after the assassination. Oswald is placed on the sixth story of the book depository. Now, witnesses on the scene say that shots were heard from both the book depository and the grassy knoll. It is also possible that there was a shooter at the grassy knoll. Witnesses say that smoke was also seen there at the time of the shooting. The United States House of Representatives Select Committee on Assassinations has actually said that it is likely two or more gunmen were involved in the assassination due to uh, some auditory evidence suggesting that more than three shots were involved in the scene. So. One of the primary witnesses at the scene of the assassination is Gene Hill. Gene Hill wrote a book dissenting with the Warren Commission, saying that the Warren Commission fabricated her statements after the fact. She places Jack Ruby at the scene of the John F. Kennedy assassination. Jack Ruby, for those of you who don't know, is the person who killed Lee Harvey Oswald before he was brought to trial. She... Gene Hill is seen in the Zapruder film taking pictures at the, at the time of the assassination. Those pictures were later taken by the government and never seen again. Gene Hill says that between the time of the assassination and the investigation, she received death threats and had her tires slashed. Now, what's interesting is not only did she receive death threats, but other witnesses at the scene of the crime, died shortly after and very suspiciously. The Sunday Times, a British newspaper, puts the probability of that happening coincidentally at 100,000 trillion to one. Now, it seems very likely that something else was going on here. Witnesses usually don't die in large quantities in a small, weak span. Only one person was ever brought to trial in the John F. Kennedy assassination, and that is Clay Shaw, who is a businessman. Clay Shaw, according to a police officer who arrested him, used the alias of Clay Bertrand at the time of his fingerprinting. Another witness called during the trial testifies that he heard Clay Shaw discussing with another person, David Ferry, that they had discussed assassinating John F. Kennedy just months before, and that that both of them knew Lee Harvey Oswald. Clay Shaw, during the trial, denied being a CIA agent 
or being involved in any regard with the CIA. However, the former director of the CIA later testified under oath that Clay Shaw was an informant of the FBI. It is also worth noting that David Ferry drove into Dallas on the same day of the assassination on a business trip. I mean, the evidence seems pretty indisputable to me. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're feeling, Jules, but it sounds to me like, I don't know. I also heard that there was somebody there. There was some dude there in a picture of the JFK murder. He was hold, a tall dude with holding an umbrella, a black umbrella. And to this day, nobody's ever documented this guy. It was who he is, his name. So I'm saying there was definitely something fishy going on. Will we ever know? Probably not. But the government has been known to do some extremely fishy stuff before. I mean, this is just one example on top of that. I mean, they've been hiding Area 51. Shout out Arena 51 podcast. They've been hiding Area 51 evidence for who knows how long. And then all of a sudden, they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, aliens are real. So, And they do this. I know know we're going to get a little crazy here. But they do this during a pandemic where everybody's focused on COVID, COVID, COVID. Oh, yeah, aliens do this. COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> Come on. Is that not weird? Of course. Now they announce aliens when, there's, when nobody's even talking about aliens. And nobody even talked about this. They released that there was actually like UFOs. There was evidence of UFOs. And like nobody talks about it. Before it was aliens. Everybody in like the 80s, 90s, 2000s, everybody's like, aliens, aliens, obsessed. And now they say aliens exist. It's like, all right, and go back to their lives. Are you kidding me? All I'm saying is there just seems to be too much evidence that would be coincidental coincidental in some cases if they were individual but the fact that all of this evidence is like kind of grouped together in a certain time period surrounding one guy it's like that doesn't seem too coincidental i mean the, the, it just sounds shady is what i think so we went to the summer we sh- i think we should vote on whether or not we think this conspiracy theory is real or not so my vote i say Give me the two-shooter theory. JFK was not killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. This man was killed by multiple people. Have you seen the video, actually? Have you seen the video? It looks like his wife is saying, like, he got shot. I think it was, like, the shoulder or something. And then you see, you know, like the, the fatal bullet hit him in there. But it looks like a bullet kind of went in from, like, a different direction. And then he got shot, too. So, yeah, Dibs is bringing up a, a diagram right here. I know you guys can't see it. But yeah, you want, you want to kind of describe it a little bit? So in the single shooter theory, there are three total shots. One of them hits the underpass. It's likely a dud shot. It has nothing to do with uh, the rest of the assassination. One bullet kills the governor, John Connolly, who's in the car next to John F. Kennedy. The third bullet, this is known as the magic bullet. This bullet comes from the assassin's gun uh, at, in the book depositorium and goes through Kennedy's shoulder below his collar, goes up through his neck and his tie knot, enters John Connolly near his right armpit, shatters his rib and his wrist and exits under his nipple also leaving a wound in his left thigh. I mean, I mean, are you kidding me? A one bullet did that? It Stop. just sounds too good. It just sounds like whoever this guy was, it, it can't be one guy. This guy, whoever this guy was, must have been a trained 
sniper. Well, and like, this guy must have been. Do you like, know? There's no who way this guy, guy was, was that good. He could do all the shots. He Harvey was, Oswald was actually a former United States Marine who did have training all with right. guns. However, was never known to be using the rifle that later shot Kennedy. Lee Harvey Oswald was pictured with the rifle at multiple points in his life, but nobody has ever testified that they, they know he knew how to use that. Lee Harvey Oswald also, after he was kicked out of the Marines, defected to the Soviet Union right at the height of the Cold War and was let back into the United States less than three years later without being properly vetted. There's Some just crazy. there's too much evidence. Some here. crazy stuff was going on. There's too much that I think the uh the bullet that the magic bullet I think that's what really does it for me. I think that's what proves it. I mean this one bullet just bounces like through his collar down to his like ribs or whatever it was and then out and goes through Conley too and breaks like his ribs and it's one bullet. What are we talking about here? That, that that's multiple shooters. There was multiple shooters. Conspiracy theory confirmed in my book. Dibs, how do you feel? I feel like. There are multiple possibilities here. It seems likely that more than one shooter killed the president. However, the evidence is inconclusive because there's just too much we don't know still. All right. So what's your vote? Your, your vote's no then? No conspiracy? Conspiracy is false? M- my vote is that there was a conspiracy. Oh. Are we going to get around? Are we going to get a, a, a triple threat here? Are we going to get all three? 3 0 clean sweep? Of course. I would never trust the government. Yep. <laughs> conspiracy. 3 0. That's what I would like to hear. All right, Dibs. You know, we always appreciate you. Thanks for coming, uh, Dibs. On. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for the, uh, for the knowledge. First guest, by the way. Thank you for First guest me. ever on our program, on our podcast. Yeah. First guest ever. We appreciate it. Dibs. Thank you. Congratulations. Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll send, we'll send you a trophy in the mail. <laughs> And so uh, now to kind of round the podcast, we're each going to pick three locks for the week. This will be our last thing we're doing. Three locks. We're doing this on Friday. Now, as a college athlete, I do have to proclaim here, I am not a sports better. I do not bet sports. Jules can testify to this for me. That is just the quickest way to ever lose money. But I do have – if you do like sports betting, I got some locks for you if you want to hear them. But, Jules, I want to hear yours first. Let's hear them. All right, we're going to go first. So we're, we're going to do this weekly, by the way, with our podcast. This is going to be – and we're going to keep the all-time record between me and Cole. And I'm going, to, I'm, off to a, I'm going to be off to a hot start right here. I'm going to go Providence Friars Moneyline versus the Rhode Island Rams. Some people are not going to be happy. Local kids, go to your eye. Not going to be happy. But the PC Friars, 5-0 at home. Wins over Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Texas Tech. Give it to me. Province Friars, Moneyline, Saturday. All right, let's hear all three. Go all three? Or yeah, go all go? three. Go all three. Second. Second, we're going to go to the English Premier League. May United, minus five, minus 0.5, not minus five, minus 0.5 versus Crystal Palace. They got a new coach. Ronnie's on fire. Just bagged two goals the other day. And Crystal Palace haven't won a game since November 6th. And they're at home. Man United minus 0.5 lock. Yo, you want to tell that the last in the one. back, whatever dog that is that you got to quit, quit its yapping? My God. Probably like five pounds. Punt yeah, that thing through the Kid can't shut up over <laughs> All right. The last, my last lock, I'm going to go 3-0. and This one is going to be questionable. Cole's going to questionable. Detroit Lions 
plus 7.5, plus 7.5 versus the Minnesota Vikings. Nope. Because, Cole, tell me not. The Vikings can never do anything easy. Tell me that. I mean, that's fair, but the Lions can't do anything right. So and you, you got Kirk, your least favorite cousins. He can't cover the spread. Lions plus 7.5. My last one. There we go. All right, so that sounds like one and two for me. I don't see the Friars pulling that off, and I don't see obviously the Viking. I, the Vikings are going to cover. So, um, if I start off one and two, I'll be very. I'll be, I'll well, be you're gonna. So my first one, Jules, you're gonna love this one. It's a lock. Let's hear it. Plus one Washington against the <sighs> Raiders. I mean, the Raiders oh, haven't been. Not gonna have me. The Raiders. The Raiders haven't been playing their best football recently, and the Washington football team has been doing just that. What is it? Three wins three in, in a row. row now. Three in a row. Three baby. wins in a row. Antonio Gibson looking like a bona fide lead back once again, fully healthy. I love that pick. And we're going to keep it football for this whole show because, you know, I feel like that's just what I'm comfortable with. We're going to ride Oklahoma State minus five and a half against Baylor. I think Baylor is just going to be overmatched here. Oklahoma State's going to win the Big 12 championship by at least a touchdown. And because Alabama is also going to lose – most likely, they're going to get in to the playoff right alongside Cincinnati. They're probably going to have to play Georgia in the first round. So, RIP Oklahoma State. But that's my other pick. Uh, and then lastly, I got Oregon plus three against Utah. I'm surprised. I mean, Oregon's literally ranked higher, and they're plus three. Makes no sense to me. That seems like free money for any of you guys who want to just throw bills at that. So, I got three wins right there. We got Washington plus one. We got Oklahoma State minus five and a half, and we got Oregon plus three. Sounds like three and no start for me. How do you feel about we'll your see. picks? So we will be keeping track. Oh, yeah, we will. Oh, yeah, we will. Well, that seems like it's going to be it for today's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening for the first to the first ever episode of the Arena 51 podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for coming, boys. Thanks for listening. And girls. Later. Sounds true.
sounds